Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. So if you guys are anything like me and you struggle with allergies, raise your hand because I am right there with you. I get super itchy throat, itchy ears, and I sneeze like a crazy woman. And it really does prevent me from wanting to take my daily walks with my husband. But luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. It is designed for serious allergy sufferers. Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieves your allergy symptoms and decongests your nose so you can breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes and an itchy nose and sinus congestion and pressure with an ease, which is a exactly what I need. So I have been using them anytime that I have allergies, which has been many, many times. I have found that it has definitely helped me so much where I can go outside again and enjoy my day. So if you guys are ready to live life as if you don't have allergies, it is time to live Claritin Clear. It is fast and powerful relief. It's just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. So podcasts have really popped off in the last couple years and I feel like a lot of people reach out to me and they're like, Janine, how do I start a podcast? And I'm here to help you out today. So if you guys are interested in starting your own podcast, because I absolutely love podcasting, I think it is so fun and I think everybody should do it. So if you guys are interested in starting one, Spotify has a platform that lets you make one super, super easily. And even on the platform as well, they will distribute it everywhere for you. And then you can even earn money, which is so cool. It's all in one place and it's completely for free. It is called Spotify for podcasters. And here's how it works. So Spotify for podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts literally right from your phone or your computer. It's super, super easy. So no matter what y'all setup is like, you can start creating a podcast today. So don't feel like you have to have it all together to start when you can start today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else that podcasts are heard. Also, what is so great is if you do want to have a video feature, video podcasts are available on Spotify and I have that on mine and I think it's just so fun and engaging for my audience to be able to see me on Spotify as well. So with Spotify for podcasters, you can even earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. So definitely check that out. And here is the best of all point of this. It is completely free with no catch. So ever since I discovered Spotify for podcasters, I just feel like it has been so engaging. I feel like I'm loving the options that that Spotify is giving me with Q and A's and polls and even having video. So I highly recommend you guys give it a try. Download the Spotify for podcasters app, or you can go to www.spotify.com slash podcasters to get started. You guys are going to love this. If you've been wanting to start it, this is your sign. No, there's some, there's a better way to do this. Like right. we don't have to, we don't have to settle for the synthetic version that the world is selling us off. Like there's actually a much better way to do this where it'll create peace. It'll create joy. It'll create an actual loving relationship. And when you look at it through the lens like that, I really think that makes a why sustainable. Why are we approaching dating differently? Mm-hmm. Why do we approach it with bad habits and then think that, oh, well, I, I got that out of my system. So now I'm going to be a healthy spouse. No, you're Facts. not. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Happy and Healthy. My name is Janine Amapula. If this is your first time listening to my podcast, I post these every single Tuesday on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube. You can watch them on Spotify as well. So I hope you guys are enjoying um, my podcast so far if you are a returning listener. But if you're new, welcome. I hope you guys will stick around for more of my episodes. So um, yeah, it is a Tuesday. I hope your Tuesday is going well. I Like I said, I drop this every single Tuesday. For me, it is a Thursday. I'm about to kick off the weekend. It's going to be a great weekend. Today's episode is going to be a little bit longer, but I just think it is so worth it because this conversation, like, blew my mind. I was not expecting it to totally go in the direction that it did. I wasn't expecting it to go the length that it did. Like 
we get into a lot of stuff. So I bring on Mikey Planeta on today's episode of Happy and Healthy, and he was on The Bachelorette, and I've known him for a while. I've met him here in Dallas, and so um, he, he's been requested to come on the podcast for a while, and I was like, okay, let's bring him on, and he was known for kind of being like the quote-unquote virgin on The Bachelorette, which is just really weird, but he was. So we kind of talk about that today, and then we talk majority about like sex and sex within marriage, and toxic purity culture and all those things and like why does god want us to wait for marriage why what is the why behind this reasoning of what we are doing and so we get to talk about a lot of this and it was a really cool conversation it was also really cool to get to hear it from a guy's perspective of someone that is waiting for this as well so i really hope you guys enjoyed today's episode find it beneficial if you guys like it let me know on the happy and healthy podcast instagram we are i believe at thirty thousand followers on there now which is so exciting so thank you guys for resharing posting all the things it means the world we love to see those but yeah if you enjoyed today's episode let us know on instagram and yeah we'll repost you so let's just get right into today's episode of happy and healthy mikey planeta (laughs) welcome to happy and healthy you have been a highly requested guest you are popular amongst the ladies, as I'm sure you know, <laughs> um, and they just they just want to hear from you. So welcome to the podcast. How's it going today? Doing good. I'm, it's honestly, I'm excited to be here. Um, I know what well, we've known each other for probably about almost two years now. Yeah. Yep. A year and a half. So always respected your opinion. So I'm excited to kind of dive in and see uh, where the Holy Spirit kind of leads us. So. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming on. Um, I don't really have a specific agenda for today. I do, of course, have some questions in mind considering what you have engaged in the past. <laughs> and of course, people want to know about that, but we're not going to belabor on that too much. But before yeah. I ask my questions, we get into the podcast. Can you just give an introduction on yourself, how people know you, and a little bit of your story? I'm a former athlete. I, uh, uh, was baseball, basketball, post post high school, did all that stuff. Kind of born and raised in the church. Uh, had uh, have a great family that I'm super close with, three sisters, all that. Uh, and then in 2021, my life kind of took a wild turn. I ended up on reality TV somehow. Honestly, still to this day, I'm like, <laughs> I don't know how it happened. I know how it happened. Like God made it very obvious. Uh, so I prayed about it heavily. Um, felt like I got the discernment to go. And then, uh, yeah, I kind of got thrown into um, reality TV and then now kind of a social media world. And, uh, yeah, that's probably where most of my following knows me from is is the show. So are, are we allowed to mention the name or would you prefer to keep it broad? <laughs> Which name? Who I was on the show with? Yeah. No, no, no. You just said reality TV. So Oh, reality TV. I didn't even say it. I was on The Bachelorette. He was so on The Bachelorette. I, <laughs> I, I was on The Bachelorette. I, uh, yeah, I think... My season aired in summer of 2021. So, okay, so you yeah. were po- well, you were still kind of during the pandemic, right? When the show was going on. Yeah, yeah, we were actually a quarantine season, which which I had never seen the show, so I didn't realize that I missed out on all this traveling. I was like, oh yeah. man, I went on the wrong <laughs> season. <laughs> well, I was going to say a lot of people go on the show for travel, so check your intentions. You know, check them right. <laughs> okay, wait. You said though a second ago that you went on and you felt like you had good discernment and you had um, prayed about it and stuff. I think that a lot of Christians, and I I do want to talk about like how you stayed firm throughout all of this, because a lot of Christians could look at you and be like, why would God tell you to go on a reality TV show? Like I know Maddie's experienced that. Can you kind of give like what you felt or what you heard, or if you were just kind of like, you know what, God can use this either way. Like what was your thought process in that? My relationship with God is very interesting. Like I just talk to him literally like he's, I mean, he's my best friend. So I talk to him where I go a lot of times I'm like, all right, God, like bold person, like you made me this way. Like, let me be bold. Um, And I always, I was always that way in sports. And I feel, I always felt like that was kind of my platform where I would do that at. One day um, I had the show reach out and I just ignored it. And it was actually four years ago. Oh wow! I just ignored it. Yeah. I, I just, it, over like four years, I was just like, eh, I'm not really about that. There's no way he's calling me into that. And then I had four other shows reach out fast forward. So I had shows reaching out during those four years, fast forward four years in 
February, 2021, I had four shows reach out in 10 days. And I was like, Whoa. man, like what is, and they're all dating shows. And I literally was like, man, like my profile just screams, I need a date or what, what's going on. <laughs> so, so I, so I literally was like, all right, my God, like if you genuinely want me to go on this, just make it, make it obvious. The very next day, the bachelorette reached out again. And, um, it was kind of like a check for me. I, I went, it was like a reality check. I remember being like, okay, well, I know God puts me in, in unique situations a lot of times. So why is this any different? So I said, okay, well then let's really discern through this. Like I had my family that I was talking to. I had my pastor praying over me. I had everybody that I was just like, hey, I, I want to know if this is where I should be. As soon as I got the discernment, I had all the confidence in the world going in. I was like, okay, I'm supposed to be here. So then I guess we're going to be bold in this avenue, which I never thought I would do, you know, but that's kind of how it came about. So heck yeah. Yeah. I think that's so cool. That's such a testimony to show like if you're gonna make a decision, bring people in. Have you like you'd had your pastors, your friends, your family, like you prayed yeah. about it. It wasn't like a frivolous decision, which I think a lot of people do frivolously go on that show. And I don't want to labor on the bachelor or bachelorette too much, but I think that's really cool and a testimony to you to just show like you do want to pray through these big decisions. It's a very life altering decision because you're kind of giving up yeah. the right to privacy from there going forward. And now people mm -hmm. know who you are. They're watching you. I mean, now social media is a big part of your job, which is due to the show. Yeah. And so um, that's really cool. But when you were on the show, you were kind of under some fire. Now I actually didn't watch your season, so I don't really know exactly what happened um, but I just know yeah. that people made fun of you for your stances within purity. So can you expand a little yeah. bit on that? I, I didn't really, again, I had never seen it. So I didn't really know how it worked, but apparently we were like leaked prior and I was in quarantine. So I didn't know that we were leaked. I had no idea. And where I was taking the most heat was actually prior to filming because people, oh. they, they saw my social media where it was pretty open about my faith and I think I'd even posted a couple of topics actually on purity. I don't think they knew that I was, you know, a virgin waiting until marriage. I don't think they knew that, but I think they could definitely gauge that. Like my faith was a huge part of it. So I was taking some heat. There's no question about it, but I was in quarantine. So I never really saw the heat <laughs> until I got out. Um, and then kind of was like, Oh, here we go. Another virgin storyline. Apparently like that's a thing. And, and then, uh, second it would have been the second episode i kind of got thrown to the wolves and i was put on a sex date and the first part of the the show they were kind of showing me it, it made me look like a kind of like a weak a weak man it, it made me look like i was afraid of the moment it made me look like i was intimidated by the moment and they actually showed and they only showed half of what happened which is kind of funny they took out all of the the god parts that i was speaking about on the show classic but they yeah, shocker. But they showed um, the like the meat of it, right? So, uh, and I think actually, what's crazy about that was it kind of switched from oh, here's another virgin storyline to man, I've never heard somebody actually speak about their why to why they're waiting. Mm. And from that from that week, that was on June 14th. From June 14th to June June 21st, I had over 40,000 DMs of people talking about how I had Buddhists, Christians, non-Christians, atheists, Hindus. Wow. I had so many different people that were like, listen, I may not even fully agree with you on some of these stances, but like the fact that you stood firm and you showed up authentically as who you were. Uh, and then I had a lot of Christians too that were just like, hey man, I really appreciate you actually speaking. Like I, I couldn't even put into words, you know, my why. And I felt like I could relate to what you were saying. So and the craziest part about it was that wasn't me speaking. I remember knew I got thrown in the wolves and I remember specifically looking up and be like, all right, God, like I'm in this situation. You want me here? And I said, I don't care if I get canceled. I don't care if I get made fun of that stuff. Doesn't matter to me as long as I do exactly what you want me to do. Mm. And from that moment on the confidence I moved with and the discernment I had and, and the words that I spoke was, it came directly from the Holy spirit. So it was a really interesting experience and it actually completely switched the narrative that was on me where it, it, it then was like, oh, wait, actually, he can explain why he's waiting. Yeah. And I think that's the biggest thing as Christians, I think we fall short in is sometimes we don't, we can't even explain the why to what we're doing. And I think that's where a lot of misunderstanding comes. So yeah, that was kind of how it went on the show. Dang, that is so powerful. I, I want to talk about the why in a second. 
because that was actually one of my points was like a lot of people are just like, yeah, I'm waiting for marriage. But then to the non-believers, they're like, okay, but why you freak? So it's nice to explain that. I'm sorry. It's the oh, truth. It's so true. Yeah. They're so like, true. cool. You do you. And so I do want to talk about that, but I think it's so cool. Like that's a testimony again of you prayed about it and you were like, I feel like the Lord's telling me to go. And again, to maybe Christians or non-Christians, both have their opinions. Like they both will tug a war and be like, you did this and you did that, blah, blah, blah. Who cares? The point of the matter is that you still reached those people. The gospel was still hurt. You still inspired people. 40,000 people DM'd you of all backgrounds and like affirmed you and encouraged you. And so I think that's what's really cool is that showing that God can use you in unfamiliar places or places that traditionally a Christian wouldn't move. Just same thing with Maddie. Like it was so cool where everyone's, you know, throwing their stones, like, wow, what does a Christian go on the show? Blah, blah, blah. And I mean, there's a Bible verse that's like, it doesn't matter how the gospel is preached. It's just the fact of the matter that it's preached. And so I think that's really, really powerful and cool that God still got to use you in a show like that, that maybe originally was like, let's make fun of it and let's blah, blah, blah. But in the end, people will respect you. Like if it's for something that's anything that's counterculture, people will respect you. And especially I think a lot of people are very curious about Christianity and they're curious about purity culture. And I think actually a lot of people probably want to do it more than they want to admit. They just don't know how to do it or they're afraid of being made fun of. And so can you talk about like before going on the show, when you were in the athletic world, were you made fun of this as well? Did, did guys know that you were doing this? Like, what was that like before you yeah. went on the show? Yeah. I mean, especially probably I took more heat probably in sports world than I did initially um, than I did in really, I guess, the reality TV world, because in the sports world, it's different, right? Like I got drafted in baseball. And, like I had just turned 19 years old. I was a baby. So I got wow. thrown into professional baseball at a young age. And, and when I was in there, you know, you have the, I guess you could call it, you know, toxic masculinity of it's like, oh, sleep with as many girls as you can, rage, do this, like ego is high in it. And to say that my ego wasn't high in professional baseball too, that'd be a lie. Like my ego was high. But the one thing that was put on my and here's why when I look at look at especially the let's just use sex as an example, right? Waiting till marriage. The reason why I was so adamant about it was because one thing my dad did and both my parents, my mom and dad, but especially my dad spoke to me like man to man as a kid. Remember he sat me down and he was like, listen, this is what scripture or he said, he says, this is what scripture is asking you to do. And I remember going, that's whack. Like, I do not want to, like, I do not want to do that. Like I, I have these urges. I mean, I want to do this. Right. And he, and one beautiful thing my dad did is he said, this is what scripture says, but this is the wisdom embedded in scripture that's going to make you a better man for the future. Wow. And that really resonated with me where I was like, wow, okay. So if this means that I'm going to be a better man, because I'm selfish, I want to be the best version of myself. And and I took that to heart. So moving forward in, in going into baseball, like I always knew I was going to be different because it was so countercultural. Um, but one thing my dad also taught me is he's like, and this is what scripture tells us. It says you are guaranteed if you're walking with the Lord, like you're guaranteed to have persecution. Like that is a guarantee. Yeah. And so you either going to embrace it or you're going to cower down to it and, and it's going to become kind of um, your master. So I was like, forget that. I'm not, I'm not, I'm stubborn. I'm like, I'll stand <laughs> against it. It doesn't matter to me. So in that, yeah, no, I had dudes asking me like, you know, what's up with that? Like, what's your deal? Uh, you know, why are you being approved or, do you even like girls or, yeah. or like, cause I don't even, so that's the thing too. Like I don't, I've never tried alcohol, never tried drugs, never tried anything. And so I was getting heat on that spectrum as well. So all of it together, everyone was just like, what's your, what's your intentions behind that? Are you, are you trying to just be a good boy or you think you're better than us? People were taking offense to it. And here's, what's crazy. And this is what I think is, is beautiful about our faith. You don't have to do it perfect, but you have to be consistent. Mm. And I, I watched, uh, I watched my buddies, like the best compliments I ever had in, in, in my athletic career was my buddies would be like, Hey, listen, I know we gave you a hard time. Um, but at the end of the day, like, no, I have the utmost respect for you because like what you're doing is not easy. And in my mind, I'm like, that's validation right there. Not that I needed it, 
But, but at the same time, don't tell me that's not how God's calling us to kind of walk in things, right? Now, here's where I did had to mature big time. When I was younger, I was more of the feisty Christian where like, if you were going to challenge my faith, like I would get, we, my teammates and I would get in fights and I'm like, <laughs> okay, like relax, Peter, stop trying to cut people's ears <laughs> off. Like, like just you, you can, you can do this with grace. And, and uh, you know, my baseball years, my athletic career was really my humbling years. I had to be extremely humbled where it was like, you are not like, you're not the gift. You're not the one that was given these gifts that is going to change hearts. You're just a vessel and not only that, like, you're not a very good vessel. Like, you're somebody that is, like, he's – you. my pastor gave such a great analogy. He said, I was at the grocery store, and, and my daughter wanted to help. I was, like, picking up, like a, like, a heavy water bottle case, putting it in the – and my daughter wanted to help. She had her, like, hand on my arm, and she was, like, restricting me. She was making it worse. And she goes – that's us with Christ. It's like, I, I just want to help. I wanted that. And we're actually making things worse, but he loves us so much that he goes, okay, you can help. And that, like that, that analogy resonated with me is like my whole life. I feel like I've been the one that's like, God, I want to help. I want to help. Like I want to, I want to help change hearts. And I want to like, uh, you know, uh, get people to you. And, and realistically, I feel like God's like, uh, you're not here to close deals. Like you're here to just love. And, mm. and that's where kind of my humility if you look at the the progression of my my faith from sports, I'm over here like fighting people over my faith. Then I had to kind of get humbled. And actually, I think it's kind of interesting that I didn't didn't go on the show four years ago, or I guess five years ago now, because I don't think I was humble enough at that point. I don't think the the maturation process had gone through, and I still am going through it. But I think God put me on the show at the right moment where He was like a little bit lower. It's not about you. Like, this is not about you. This is going to be about me. So, yeah, that's kind of been um, – like, I really don't care about taking heat. I yeah. don't care. Like, I, I was born with thick skin. I understand we're promised persecution. Um, and to be honest with you, like, I wouldn't be doing this stuff if I wasn't, like, head over heels in love with Jesus and I didn't believe everything that he was, you know, um, really instructing me to do. So, yeah, that's kind of, like, my mindset on all this. That's amazing. And I think it's cool, though, because when you go into the show with that mentality, you're kind of like, I got nothing to lose. Like, all I'm doing is, is getting gains here by getting to be my <laughs> authentic self, share the gospel, yeah. love other people on this show, and just be an example. Like, I think that is so cool because I do think a lot of people may go on the show and be like, oh, man, did I get enough followers out of this? Did I do this? Like, did, did the person pick me? Whatever. And when you kind of go with the mentality of just like, I'm just – I'm just here. Like you really yeah. can be more authentic. And I think it's cool because that you really did. And I think that's why people respect you so much. Um, so that's really awesome. And like, would you say that your parents, because of that upbringing, like that's genuinely why you have the stance that you do or were there people along the way? Was it pastors? Was it friends? Like, did your friends have the same perception growing up or is that just because your upbringing? I think it's a mixture of both. There's no question about it. Um, my my admiration for my family, not just my my mom and my dad, but my sisters as well. I have three sisters, and and one thing about our family is we are ruthless. Like we are, like anybody that knows us, they're like, "Wait, do you guys actually love each other? Like, are, are <laughs> like you guys just go at each other?" But the reason we do, and the reason why we show love that way, um, is because we know that we want to show up authentically as ourselves. And one thing my parents did a really good job of was saying, um, listen, like we want to create a space for you to feel comfortable discussing certain things. Because as a Christian, especially when you're growing up, you know, really so countercultural, it can be really hard to, to identify certain things of like, you know, the why to what you're doing. And also certain things can be a little, it's like, do I want to talk to my parents about this? Yeah. Do I like, you know what I mean? It's kind of weird, right? So I think one thing my parents did a great job of is like, listen, there's going to be no judgment. My parents had, it was, they're the most non-judgmental people I've ever met. It's unbelievable. Wow. And they just, you know, they just create a space, not just for us as their, their kids, but everybody else, our friends, um, their friends, like they've always created a space where people can just show up as they are. And isn't that what Jesus did? Yep. Like, isn't that what he did? He literally, I mean, his, his disciples, he was never sitting there saying you need to be, 
you need to be this, you need to be that. What he was saying is I picked you for a reason, including your flaws. And I think there's something beautiful about that. And my parents kind of created that. And then not only that, through their discernment, they put me around the right coaches. They put me around um, the right friends. And, and even when I wasn't around those people, they helped coach me through those situations as well. So yeah, wow. my admiration for my family is it's why I am out. I mean, it's rooted in our faith where it comes from for them, but then they instilled it in us and which is why I am the way that I am. Dang, your parents sound awesome. Like incredible. <laughs> and it's kind of funny when you were saying that you're ruthless and like you guys like pick on each other or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> when I met you, I was like, man, this guy is sarcastic. And it all makes sense now. <laughs> so, like I was so like, funny. dang, this guy is like relentless, but it all makes sense. <laughs> and that's the thing, right? The, the funniest thing was the show. When I got off the show, they really only showed like my sweet side. And when I got off the show and it started airing, my sisters and my family would like be in the corner like, oh, I'm going to throw up. This is not you. Like <laughs> they said, it. they said the sweetness is you, but there's no humor. There's no sarcasm. And, <laughs> and I can be... I, I've actually had to make adjustments with this just because of my faith. I don't ever want to rub people the wrong way, but I am so sarcastic. I am so like banter is my love language. So the way that sometimes I show love, I have to be careful because it can be interpreted <laughs> as like, oh man, he's a jerk. Yeah, and he's picking like, on me. Yeah, exactly. So That's so funny. So, okay, you keep talking about like the why and Really fast. I think it's just actually really cool, first of all, that most people would probably look at, like, a guy that's waiting for a marriage. And they would be, like, they would have this image in their mind of, like, this dorky little homeschooler type of kid. And, I mean, yeah. I was homeschooled, so no shame, no hate. But <laughs> you're, like, a normal dude. I mean, you work out. You have your own fitness gym. You're, like, you're a normal yeah. guy. And so I think it's really cool to show, like, I don't know, like you can be just a normal everyday dude that does his life, works out, loves to, you know, loves his friends, like isn't a weirdo that's just hiding in his bunker in his home. Like you're a normal dude that also has these values. And I think that's just like a really cool part of your story. I appreciate you saying that. I do. I mean, I think I, we all have our, our things, right? I think, but again, I think that's kind of God put on my heart. He's like, okay, if you're going to have success, whether that's in sports or you're going to have success in certain things, or if you're going to take care of yourself physically, um, why not kind of let that be your missionary? Like, yeah. like, why not, why not let it be? Cause I get it all the time. People go, especially growing up every single time when a girl meets me that doesn't know my background or my faith, they instantly think I'm a player right away. Mm. They're like, you are such a player. And I go, I go, well, why is that? Like, why do you think that? And it's so funny, like whether it's my buddies or me, they'll have to debunk it. My buddies are like, no, he's actually way different than you think. And they're, and the girls will be like, oh, you're just trying to sleep with me. I'm like, uh, no, actually, no, that's not what I'm trying to do. So it's, it's been really interesting. I feel like it's been a, um, it's been a really cool way to um, create a cool dialogue and, and kind of shed light on that. And that's my biggest thing with Christians, right? Like we don't have to be cookie cutter. No. The, disi the disciples are a perfect example of that. Like they fought with each other. They literally couldn't even get along with each other. <laughs> and and I look at I look at like us as Christians, I think um, that that's sometimes has, has been some of our biggest mistakes is saying, if you're not this, and like you're not a christian that's so wrong right and now obviously obedience and god's law that's different but but to say that god hasn't uniquely chosen each of us to be our own um i think we're lying to ourselves so i've always tried to take that approach is kind of to to shock people right because sure. that is the myth like you know especially in american culture everyone thinks that oh you're a, you're a virgin oh this guy's got no game or this guy's a loser or <laughs> Or what a prude. And that's that's actually, I get this more so. People will say, oh, what a prude that he's waiting till marriage. And I go, if y'all only knew the desires that I have to fight daily that I want to act upon, you guys would, you'd be like, oh my gosh, like he's very different than what yeah. I thought. And yeah. I think that's, and, and I think, again, if we're going to go off of wisdom, truly believe with my whole heart, my whole heart, 
I believe the way that God has, how he has written his law and how he's written scripture of saying, this is why I'm asking you to do the things that I'm doing. I believe, I don't think it's just him saying, oh, be obedient because I said so. Right. I view it as him saying, you're going to be the best lover to your wife by by really walking in this way. I believe that wholeheartedly. Like, And yeah. that's what's so funny. I'll, I'll hear these guys talk to me all the time. They're like, well, don't you got to test drive it? Like, don't you, yep. you're going to, you're going to suck at sex. You're going to this. And I go, no, I'm not. And I don't say this in a, in a arrogant way, or I don't say this in a judgmental way to my buddies, but I go, I'm not worried about pleasing a million different women in this world. What I'm worried about is learning my, the girl that I'm going to marry to the core of her soul. I'm, I'm, I want to learn about her body to the, like literally better than she does. I want to know her mind. I want to know her emotionally. I want to know all these things because I'm not going to sit and lie to people and say that sex probably doesn't feel good with a stranger. Oh, I'm sure it physically feels good, mm-hmm. but it's not, but it's not the full experience that God really made sex to be. And I'm selfish. I want to experience it to the fullness. I want to experience it spiritually, emotionally, physically. I want to connect in a way that I'm just like, was worth it right absolutely so i don't i don't which is so funny i think when you can talk to people in that way and you can and you can discuss the like your mindset behind it people then start to think and go wait am i going about this the wrong way right like am i you know is there something deeper am i am i actually having a synthetic version of it like and i think we all have to ask ourselves those questions i mean i know i ask myself those questions you know the you know, because I'm not perfect either. I mean, I, I, I have not had sex sex, but I've had oral sex and I've, I've slipped up in areas. And I, and for me, I know, know that there's more, mm-hmm. right? There's more that God has for me. So yeah, that's, but yeah, I mean, there's definitely, um, there's definitely that stigma that I, I feel like God has kind of called us to, to break. Hundred percent, which I think is cool that you're you also are getting to reach people that other people may not get to reach. I mean, there's a lane for everybody that they get to reach, and so I think you're getting to reach different types of guys, like in the athletic world. That I'm sure that is a very unpopular stance is to wait for marriage because most athletes are probably, you know, getting any girl they want in any city that they travel to. I mean, that's at least the stereotype that I'm aware of. But I think that's really cool that you're getting to reach people based off of your appearance and your past and your story and your looks or whatever, like people that someone else couldn't possibly reach. And it's, it's also like really cool to break that stigma or stereotype about you that like, Oh, you must be sleeping with X amount of girls. And you know, why would you not try before you buy? Like it's all the phrases that, you know, we hear all the time. And, um, I feel like we could easily debunk those, but at the same time, like I understand in the logical mind to the world, why people would think that it's like, yeah, sure. Would, yeah, of mm. course you want to know what you're signing up for. But to me, I'm like, that's a pretty conditional love. Like you're basically saying only if yeah. you're good in bed, then I'm going to marry you. And it's like, I don't see that anywhere in the Bible of God telling us to do that. The Bible says yeah. it's sacrificial love. It's laying your life down kind of love. Yeah. It's a, it's a yeah. relentless love. True love never fails. Like it's not, Oh, only if you're good in bed, then I'm going to stay with you. And so I think, yeah, we're all deep down inside selfish, but we make it selfish of looking at like, oh, that person only has to please me in order for me to stay. And it's like, well, what are you going to do for them? You know, and there is a beauty, especially for girls, because girls are wired so much more emotionally than men. And I'm not saying Mm -hmm. that men can't be emotional, but I do think men are typically more physical and women are more emotional. And so for a guy just to come in and be like, whatever, this is all about the physical and just use you like you're missing such a big element and component of a relationship. Like to a woman, it's like, that's how you are. Um, I'm trying to think of ways to say this without getting too graphic, but like as a woman, that's how you're getting like, uh, wrapped up in the relationship and feeling all those feelings is that he stimulates the emotional side first. And that is by being safe, by being known, by being cherished, by being loved, by being served by this person, not just in a one night stand. And I'm not saying that I don't want to judge anybody that's done that because, you know, that's a different topic, but 
yeah, like you were saying, it could be so physical and it's like, that's fine. Like you could get the physical side from anybody, but to feel like you're truly known and to be in a true intimate relationship where you're known in every single facet by this one person where it's in the confines of marriage and it's safe. Like that to me is so beautiful. And I want, I want that, but I think it's hard because a lot of people don't fully understand the why they just feel like, well, you're mm-hmm. a prude. Like I've been watching this podcast called the whatever podcast. And I've been hearing different, I don't know if you've heard of that podcast, but I've been hearing a lot of different, um, beliefs and perception on there. It's girls that are arguing with guys and whatever. And there's some Christians, non-Christians, and there's this one guy on there too. And he didn't wait for marriage. And then now he's re-waiting and they're all like, that's so stupid. Like you've already given it up. Like, why would you continue to wait? Like, that's so dumb. And he's basically explaining the same things that you were explaining. I would love to kind of get more into kind of like the biblical why and like your why, because mm. especially within purity culture, we were growing up to just be like, don't, don't, don't. And I grew up like that too. I never fully, yeah. fully understood the why. My parents never gave me the birds and bees talk, which I wish they did. And so it led to <laughs> a lot of curiosity and confusion and trying to figure out things on my own. Um, so let's kind of get into like the why a little bit more, like, why should we wait? Why do we think that this is God's, um, design for us? So I'm going to go off of like what my dad taught me when I was younger and, and even just what I feel like I've, I've started to kind of gain wisdom as a man in this. And I'm still trying to gain wisdom is when you look at the law itself, right? Where God's saying, um, this is how I want sex to look, or this is how I'm calling you guys to step into, you know, husband and wife and what sex should look like in the, in that realm, right? The why that I look at as a man is I look at it, okay, how does it say I'm supposed to love a woman, right? Because it says in scripture, it says a man who finds a wife finds a good thing. A man yeah. who finds a good wife is more precious than rubies. Like um, he, it's essentially saying he finds his treasure here on earth. So then I take a step back and I go, okay, so how am I supposed to love her? Well, it says a man is supposed to love, you know, his wife the way he loves himself. Um, and, and that's a hard thing to do, especially when, you know, because we always give ourselves the benefit of the doubt. But when someone else is, you know, not being as good to us, we're not going to give them the benefit of the doubt. So I just always try to look at the wisdom embedded in scripture. Yeah, He's telling me to do these things. Because I step into this and I'm able to put her first. I'm able to die to my selfish desires. I'm able to, um, I'm able to be slow to anger. I'm able to be compassionate. I'm able to listen. One thing us men really struggle to do. <laughs> um, I'm able to do all of these things, right? I think all of a sudden through that obedience, and it's not just physical. Mm-hmm. I think even just uh you know, emotionally being a better husband, spiritually being a better husband, especially, um, and then physically being a, you know, a better husband. And, and I, and I say husband, cause I mean, the way I view somebody is I want to, I want to honor them as that, right. Whether they're, you know, whether it's a first date or second date or, you know, a year of dating, whatever it is, I try to take that approach because I trust from the bottom of my heart that if I take that approach and I'm, a, I'm obedient in the law that God's asked me to be obedient in, I truly believe that those, those things will turn me into the man that he says I'm supposed to be, right? So why would that be? If I'm waiting till marriage, what benefits do I get for waiting till marriage? Well, as a man, what's one of the biggest desires of our heart? It's sex. Let's be honest here, right? It's physical. We want, we want to have physical touch. So if I can show her, let's, let's put this in perspective here. If I can show her that I can withhold from that desire, which is, like I said, most likely the biggest desire I'm going to have to withhold. Yeah. Um, you don't think that's going to create trust in her? You don't think she's not going to be wanting to go through my phone or wanting to do all these you know, toxic things? No, she's like, if this man is not taking physically from me, then he must really care about me yeah. because he's not really, you know, in the worldly sense, he's not taking from me. Right. Um, and I think that's the difference between love and lust yep. is it is lust is taking it's, it's what can you do for me? Love is serving. It's saying, what can I do for you? And I think that is, look at, look at what obedience leads to. It leads to a, a secure woman. It leads to a woman that feels safe. 
It leads to a woman that feels honored. It leads to a woman that feels like you're there to get to know her, right? Emotional, not just physically, but emotionally and spiritually. So when I look at that, I'm sorry, I don't want to have to go. And I'm not going to say my relationship is going to be perfect because it's not. I'm an idiot. I know I'm going to be in trouble a lot. So I know <laughs> that I, I'm trying to give my, myself the, the best chance for success here. So I'm trying to create that space for her to trust me and trust my intentions. Well, what's one way to do that? I have felt physically is a huge way to show a woman that you're willing to go to the end of the earth to prove to her that you will sacrifice anything. And not only that, well, let's, let's take it a step further. Let's just say one of us gets a, a terminal disease and we can't be physical anymore. Yeah. Is there more to the relationship? Am I going to be able to sustain that relationship? Will I be okay in that relationship knowing that phys- the, the physical part of it is gone? Right. Will I be okay? And I have to. So if I've never practiced healthy habits to show that I can go without that, then how am I going to be able to do that within marriage? In fact, I'm probably going to put her in a situation where she feels 10 times more insecure because now she's like, not only do I feel like, which some people feel this way, they feel like a burden if they're sick or if they're that, which that is not the case. Right. But that's how they feel sometimes now if they feel like they can't give that part to you that is satisfying you physically, then they're going to feel 10 times more, more secure. But if I have proven to her that I can wait and I can say, hey, that's not why I married you. Like I married you for your soul. I married you because what we are together, like the race we're running together. Um, I think it creates such a safer space. And, and I think when we look at, when we look at the levels to the why, I think that's where it really starts to make sense. And that's where the wisdom starts to, to make sense of what God's saying to us. God never, God created sex. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say I created this unbelievable thing for you. So now don't go do it. Ha ha ha. He's sitting here saying, no, I created this thing for you. So that you guys can experience it to the fullest extent and not only experience it to the fullest extent, but even if it's removed, you guys have built such a foundational love that you, it'll sustain you, you know, until, until you guys are both in heaven. And, and I like, why is that not our approach? And right. we look in the mirror and we're like, God, where are you? Why is my marriage so bad? Why is my relationship so bad? Why am I okay? Well, t- you take a look in the mirror. Mm. What are the decisions you've been making that have put you in this situation? And I want to be, I, I don't want this to be a, I don't want this to be a shaming. Cause one thing people know about me is I will not shame anybody because yeah. I am, if people knew my heart and they knew like the, 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 deceit, the selfishness, the, the lust, all those things that I have to combat daily, I am no saint whatsoever. So knowing that is like, this isn't to say to shame. Yeah. This is saying of like, I think sometimes we need to take the, the, you know, the wool over our eyes and say, Hey, no, there's some, there's a better way to do this. Like right. we don't have to, we don't have to settle for the synthetic version that the world is selling us on. Like there's actually a much better way to do this where it'll create peace. It'll create joy. It'll create an actual loving relationship. And when you look at it through the lens like that, I really think that makes a why sustainable. Man. It makes me actually want to do it. Right. You know? Gosh, so many good points in there. I'm like, dang, that was that was a bar. Round of applause. <laughs> um, gosh, that's so true. I I mean, yeah, I definitely love to point out the fact that what we're saying is like we aren't trying to shame anybody. Um, I never want anyone to feel condemned by my podcast because my past is not shiny. It is not perfect either. Um, but I have been faithfully walking with the Lord and I have genuinely seen by doing the thing that I, the world told me to do and now walking in God's ways, which one is more blessed? One is way more peaceful, way more fruitful, way less confusing. Um, I feel less regretful, less shameful, less like what? Like I'm not in such a fog because that is what sex does is it it clouds your judgment. It fogs things. It makes relationships so reliant upon that. Like there's so many things you touched upon of a woman feeling secure. And like with my boyfriend now, like, I know his story. I know what he's currently doing. I know I can look through his phone. I know that he's not watching things. I know he's not scrolling and lingering too long in a girl's photo. Like 
It creates so much safety within a relationship. And the thing is like dating and what you're doing now, that is all training for marriage. It's like, just because you get married doesn't mean lust all of a sudden dissolves. Doesn't mean that all of a sudden you're an amazing spouse or all your desires go away. No, they actually amplify because that is what the enemy likes to do is he likes to destroy marriages. He likes to divide us. And so those desires don't just all of a sudden poof disappear. Like they come out more and suddenly you're like, did I marry the wrong person because I'm still attracted to this woman or I'm still attracted to this guy or why do I still have these desires? It's like, you got to learn now to manage those because you are training for marriage. And so I think as a female, it is so respectable. And like, that's what I tell girls. I'm like, look for a guy like that. Like, look for a guy like my boyfriend, like, because I love being able to know and trust them with my whole heart. If I'm gone for a week, I know what you're doing. I know you're not doing things that I would be like, what the heck? Or when you get married and she has a baby and she can't have sex for six weeks because things are, you know, wrong down there. Like, I want to know that I can trust my spouse and like what you're doing now is preparation for those moments. And I think that is a a great point. And so it's not just only about don't, don't, don't. It's like, no, wait, because you'll be able to do things later and it'll be blessed and it'll be fruitful. And God literally says, be fruitful and multiply, be blessed. It's like, it is a good thing. And I think that's where a lot of people have this mis- misperception or misconception is that we think sex is bad. We're like, no, we know sex is good. We know <laughs> the power of sex. We know how beautiful it is, but yeah. we want it with one person for the rest of our lives. And you train like the whole try before you buy, it's like, I don't want to marry someone only because they're good in bed. Like you can prepare that and work on that for the rest of your life with that person. And I think that it's just so amazing. And I don't want to base my love on someone only if they're good in bed or not. Like that just seems a little whack to me. Well, and I think too, in this, and I think this goes to the point of, um, shame a little bit too, is, is, I think communication is one of the most, um, and I think, and to be honest with you, I think this is the church's fault, the old church. Yeah. I think we're getting a little better at it. And I still think it, and this goes to the toxic purity thing is I've always been the biggest advocate against that. I think, you know, so often it, it reminded me of like, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Mean Girls, but, but yep. the, uh, the, when it's the PE teacher, he's like, if you have sex, you'll get an STD and die. And I truly believe like yeah. that was like one of the ways like the Christian church would explain sex. And yeah. it was like, what are you doing? And I think um, knowing that uh, my parents always talked about communication. They said, you have, uh, let's just even take a step back further. If you're, if you're meeting a girl, um, meeting a girl for the first time, I don't ever want to create a space for her where she feels that she can't be vulnerable. And I understand sometimes it takes time to get to those conversations. I'm not asking to rush them right away, but I want to create a space for her to feel so confident in communicating all of these different things. Right. I never want to create a space for shame. I never want to create a space to, and and I get this question all the time. People are like, well, don't you want to marry a virgin? And I go, if that's what God brings me, great. But if that's not what he brings me, that's not what I'm looking for. What I'm looking for is a woman that is willing to run the race with me. I don't care what her past is. Like we'll work through that if she's willing to run the race with me because I have a past too. Yeah. So I'm not gonna sit here. I, w- I would want grace. I would want somebody to listen to the why of, of the you know, decisions I've made. And I think that's something where as Christians, we have to do a better job of. We have to create a space and communicate effectively. Hey, listen. I'm not here to shame you, but what I'm here to do is get on the same page with you so that I can identify if this is something that I can actually, you know, if you're somebody that I can move forward with. And I think the problem is, and not just Christians, is we're so afraid to show up as authentically ourselves because of fear of rejection and fear of being lonely. And so what we do is we end up settling, you know, or, you know, end up giving parts of ourselves that we never had to give just to try to keep somebody. And I think if we're honest with ourselves, if we just showed up, if we communicated effectively and we were honest to the, to the people that we were potentially dating or we're going on a date with, or we're in a relationship with, if we were just honest, it would be so much easier. And isn't that what scripture is telling us to do? Right. Scripture is telling us to show up and be honest. It's showing us, you know, to be intentional and do all these things. So as boring and as scary as that may be at times, it's necessary. And I think it sets us up for success. I, I, I've always heard this is 
dating is usually much easier on the front end and then you get crushed on the back end. Christian dating is really difficult sometimes in the front end. Very. And then you start to reap the bet. It's not going to be perfect, but you start to reap the benefits on the back end because you built a foundation. I'm an athlete. I use sports analogies all the time. You were preparing for the Super Bowl and you didn't practice. You didn't watch film. You didn't do any of these things. Do you think you're going to be confident when you're standing at the at the the end zone about to receive a kick at the Super Bowl? No, you're going to be crushed and crippled by the weight and the pressure. Yeah. Right. If you practice, you watch film, you study the defense, the offense, you, you were in the weight room, you did all these things, you ate healthy, you slept, and you were prepared for the moment, would you have confidence going into that game? Absolutely. So why are we approaching, uh, why are we approaching dating differently? Mm-hmm. Why do we approach it with bad habits and then think that, oh, well, I, I got that out of my system, so now I'm going to be a healthy spouse? No, you're Facts. not. In fact, that's going to be balloon times 10 when you get into the marriage mm. because the devil wants you, to, wants you to take your clothes off and have as much sex as possible before marriage, and he wants you to keep them on in marriage. Right. So what's going to happen is it's going to create a lot of conflict, and now all of a sudden you went from having as much sex as you think, and you got all that out of your system, you think, and now you're going to be upset. Because you were used to getting what you wanted, and now you're a poor husband, a bad husband that's that's not creating a space for her to even want to be in the mood, and you're blaming it on her when it's your own fault. Facts. It's like you know what I mean. So I I think I think that's when I look at the why and the wisdom in scripture. Mm. If we genuinely take the time to understand it, you'll start to go. I really am the problem. Mm. If I actually listen to what God was saying, I wouldn't be dealing with all of these traumas or all these different things, right? And, yeah. and I think, and, and that brings me to my next point. Are you viewing God as an authoritarian figure that doesn't want you to have fun, that doesn't love you? Or are you viewing God as a father that loves you and this is a love letter to you to help you? Right. And that is a huge perspective difference. And I really believe like if you believe God is so good and he loves you, you want to obey the law. Yeah. You know, I, I, I notorious for not wanting to follow rules. I will tippy toe every line. It is ingrained in me. So I better love that is asking me to do these things. And that is one thing where I think with our faith is we have to fall head over heels in love with Jesus yeah. so that we can trust his intention in scripture and then want to obey it. Because if we're just going into this as trying to follow rules, I don't care how good of a rule follower you are. It'll never be sustainable in our faith. It won't. Facts. Dang, that's so good. Absolutely. And we were going to talk about that. And there's one last point. I didn't realize we were going to talk about sex the entire time, <laughs> but we're here. <laughs> um, it, back to the point of like you even saying, you know, when you are not married, the enemy wants to take your clothes off. When you get married, the enemy wants you to keep your clothes on. I know so many married people that they've encountered that. And it's so weird how the enemy will always try to take what God designed and twist it and then rob it and kill it and destroy it. Yeah. And because he knows how powerful and how good and how God ordained sex is. Yeah. He doesn't want you guys to sleep together. He wants you guys to not be to not have a good marriage. And so I think I don't even want to overpromise necessarily that just because you're married, your sex life is going to be so amazing and this and that, like going back to the point of where you said communication, like forever for the rest of your life, you will have to communicate with your spouse, with people at your job, coworkers, whatever, like communication is absolutely key. And so communicating with your partner, like, Hey, I like this. Don't like that. Da da da. Like you're always going to be communicating and so I don't want to overpromise because I think a lot of people have this misconception because of purity culture that because they waited that their marriage would be this, the best thing ever and their sex life would be so amazing. And it's like, no, it's sanctifying. It is hard. It is purifying. Yeah. And you can still continue to work on it with your partner. And so, no, yes, it definitely can be good. It will be blessed because you're still obeying the Lord, but it will require yeah. some, some communication and some work and some trials and errors. It'll be a little scary too. Yeah. And that's yeah, the thing vulnerable. Like to, yeah. And, and, but I'm not, but that's the point, right? I'm not marrying her because she's got the best body in the world or she's this or that. I'm marrying her because I trust the fact that her and I are going to be able to communicate so effectively that our sex life will benefit from that. Yeah. Like we will be able to create a space where it's, where, where we're going to want to do that. Right. And I think that's, know the person that you're intimate with there's a ceiling on how good your sex life is going to be yeah 
I've, I've heard, I've heard married couples that are 40 years into a marriage and they say our sex life is the best it's ever been because we know each other to the fullest extent. Yeah. That took work. That took a, that was hard to do. And I'm with you. So many Christians, they build it up to like, oh my gosh, it's going to be the best ever. Right. And then seven, and then seven seconds later on wedding night, they're like, that was it. What the heck? And it's, and it's like, <laughs> you know, you know what I mean? It's, and it's like, well, no, you guys built that up. Right. God was telling you, God is saying this is a long-term race. It's not a sprint. You know? Absolutely. And going in with zero expectations of like, I'm not expecting you to be X, Y, and Z, which is why I think this is getting drawn out. But why I think the problem with porn is that it sets all these expectations and it's like, well, why don't you do what like my favorite yep. porn star did? And so whole different podcast. I'm yeah. obviously not for porn. Don't promote that. But that is the problem <laughs> of porn is like, it sets these expectations on your partner that are false. Like it's literally, you're watching a scripted yeah. fake movie. So anyway, it's so. not honoring. Yeah. yeah. It's not honoring. And that's the whole purpose of a marriage is to create a space where you honor and serve that person. Yeah. And it's not a performance. It's like you're creating a relationship of intimacy that, that it grows together throughout time within safety. Like the more emotional you guys get together, like exactly what you're saying, like the more they know each other, yeah. the better it is. And so, that's a great point I wanted to touch upon. Um, but yeah, I think the last thing I want to talk about and we can close out is you wanted to talk about the difference between like the love letter from God versus like seeing him as this, this demanding, you know, figure in the sky that's pointing at us. Like, I think the Bible is so clear about, he says, and I'll read a verse that I wrote down, um, Proverbs sixteen twenty. whoever gives thought to the word will discover good and blessed is he who trusts in the Lord. And so... I think it's looking at God and get again is from a different lens of you genuinely want to bless us. You love your children. You're not doing this because you want to rob us from fun or prevent us from having certain things. It's because you care about us so much. It's because you love us so much that you see that there is a better way that obviously what the world is doing is not working. It hasn't been working. Marriages are not becoming yeah. more successful. They're not lasting as long. There's a 50% divorce rate now. Like, Obviously, we see that God's ways are better if we follow it. But I guess give me your, your final take on, on the two dichotomy of that and way, how we see God. I think it's one of the most uh, important um, things in faith, honestly. Because the reality is, is how you view our God is going to, it's going to determine how you react to our God. And that's just facts is if you come from a loving home, you're going to want to trust more. You're going to want to um, approach things. If you come from a, a home of love that that was absent, then you're gonna you're, there's gonna be insecurities in that, right? It's the same way we view God. If I'm viewing God as somebody who just wants to take from me and not add any value, I'm not going to want to follow His yep. law. I'm not. In fact, I'm not going to want even a relationship with somebody like that. I'm not because I'm I'm human. I'm selfish. Like I want we want things that are life giving. He created us and he knows that selfish uh, desire in our heart that we want, um, you know, something that's going to add value to us. Even though that's a selfish intention, he still wants to add the value. And I think that is where the perspective shifts. When I look at God and I look at, I look at all the things in scripture, I always try to view it as he's doing that for the benefit of my good. And in scripture, he talks about this. He says, you guys do not have the wisdom that I have. So I can either try to push that and say, no, 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 I do. And try to eat, eat the um, forbidden fruit and try to get the wisdom of God um, and be, be equal to God. Or I can take a step back and trust the fact that I'm never going to attain that wisdom that he has. So I trust the fact that he, he made me every cell in my body with a purpose and not a purpose to destroy me. Like what a sick perspective yeah. on God. If you, if you like, I would hate God if I really thought that he, he wanted me to fail. Why would you create me to fail? Right. So my perspective is the polar opposite. It's you created me with such intentionality. So if, if you're a, if you're a selfish God and you're a righteous God, you know, he's good. He's only good. So he wants me to be good. Right. He wants me to be successful. Um, even in the times of the darkest, deepest, you know, uh, sin in my life or the hardest times of my life, he is still redemptive. He is there. One of the best rep representations of that is in the chosen is um, 
why am I drawing a blank on the disciples' name? Uh, underneath the olive tree. Why am I drawing a blank? Uh, uh, not Peter. Um, no, it's not Peter. Uh, Bartholomew? I'm drawing a blank. But Bartholomew? It might be, but he's underneath the olive tree and he's screaming at God saying, where are you? Like, why don't you see me? He ends up seeing Jesus like, you know, a couple of weeks later and Jesus says, I saw you under the olive tree and I was with you. And instantly I was like chills because God literally in the darkest moments of our life, they're with us. And in the, in the successful moments, he's right there with us. He's with us everywhere because he's, he's our biggest cheerleader. He wants us to succeed. If I truly believe that with my whole heart, I want to obey his law so much. And it breaks my heart when I don't. Because I know that I'm spitting in the face of the one that loves me better than anybody else in my life. And, and I think that has to be our perspective. We have to be able to discern between that. And I think that really will, it will, it will determine the direction we go with him. I'm not going to say it's going to be perfect, but it will. Right. Nothing is better than feeling loved. Mm. What, is, what is a better feeling than not only just feeling loved, but feeling loved by the one who made you? Who knows what you're going to do before you do it and is still saying, hey, I'm here. Like, choose me. Choose me. And we have the option. He loves us so much that he gave us the free will to choose him. Yeah. That is a love that is unexplainable. That is why I want to obey him. Right. It's that plain and simple. Yeah. And true love has free will. Always. It it always has freedom and free will. But I think that is so foundational. Like, if you don't get that right, you'll get everything wrong. Like that is an absolute exactly. have to understand it because then again, you will see him as this punishing, restrictive, like, you know, bossy guy that you're like, why would I ever want to follow you? It's because when you understand and experience his love and what his ways do, then you're like, I get it. And it, and it says in John 14, 15, if you love me, keep my commandments. And it, again, it's not yeah. saying like, oh, keep my commandments and then I'll love you or then you'll love me. It's like, hey, out of the love for me, you'll want to keep my commandments and you'll see that the way that I love you will want will help you and guide you in keeping those commandments even better because you know that I care about you. They're for your betterment. They're for your benefit. And so I think that is so, so staple to get in this journey. And this is the last thing I always tell people when they ask me about, you know, well, why would you want to do this? One of the most beautiful representations Ever And my dad and I got to do this in the Garden of Gethsemane uh, in Israel in 2019. When Jesus is praying there, stressed so much so that he's literally bleeding to sweat, is so stressed. He says to God, he says, you know, God, if it's in your will to let this cup pass, please let it pass. But if it's in your will not to, like, I will accept it. He's literally like, I will accept whatever your will is. But he's... He's not, I wouldn't say pleading with him, but he's saying like, if I don't have to bear this, like I'd rather not, but if it's in your will, I will bear it. And then, you know, that's on Thursday and then ends up being crucified the next day. And I, and I look at that and I say, how can I not love somebody that was perfect, perfect and was sitting there pleading for his life, thinking so much of me above his own trauma that was about to happen, his own pain, excruciating pain, that he thought of me and said, let it pass, but if, if not, because essentially what he's saying is, the will is, I will bear this if this, is what is if this is how I have to go about it. How can I not fall head over heels in love with that? Like, how can I not? And that's something that I always tell people is if you look at, dig on, love the, sometimes we make you know jesus into this kind of butterfly you know and it's like no i focus on the trauma like that's actually why like my Mm. like i actually wear the crucifix is because like i have to visually see him i have to visually see like when i take communion i have to in my mind i have to like genuinely see him and be like remember what he did for you and i think that's something that's so has always made it sustainable for me is understanding that that is my sin that put him up there. And that is why I want to obey him because he was willing to do that for me. There's no love greater than that. Wow. When you, when you can visually take that in and you can take that to heart, the obedience then becomes so much more sustainable and so much easier.
Man, so incredible. I love that. That is a great reminder, a great perspective, and couldn't agree more. Well, Mikey, thank you so much. Like, incredible conversation. I didn't even know it was going to go this exact direction. But I'm kind of (laughs) glad it did because I think this is a great conversation. It's cool to get a guy's perspective, someone that's obviously running this race really well that has stood on national television to stand for his faith, um, even amidst people's, you know, persecution or mocking you or judging you or whatever, like, I just want to say job well done. It's an honor to, to have you on the podcast and have this conversation. And I know you're going to finish the race well. I know you're you're single, right? Yeah, I am. Yeah, you're going to find an amazing freaking girl. I just know it. So, I mean, I'm sure you got girls in your DMs all the time. But if you ever need me to set you with somebody, i got some great girls here in Dallas. <laughs> I can make that happen. Um, but, yeah, and then oh, let my followers it. know where they can find you. Instagram. I'm actually starting to do a little TikTok now. So, my Instagram is... Uh, Mikey Planetta, you just spell out my name. And then my TikTok is Mike Planetta. So that's kind of where I'll be at. Um, I'm not the most social media tech savvy, but I try my best. So we'll, we'll, uh, but that's where you'll find. I think that's great. I think guys that do social media a little bit too much kind of give me the ick. So it's fine. (laughs) Anyway. um, Okay. Awesome. So they can find you down below. Thank you for spending an hour with me. This is a great conversation and I'm sure my subscribers or followers are just going to absolutely benefit from this. So thanks for your boldness and your courage and uh, thanks for being on happy and healthy. Appreciate it. And we appreciate you too. Like, thank you for standing firm as well. My pleasure. All right. Thanks Mikey. Okay, you guys, that was today's episode of Happy and Healthy, a longer one. Uh, But dang, Mikey had some bars in there. Like, I was not expecting him to pop off and preach like that. And I know that this can be a controversial topic. I know that this can be very debated. Everyone has their past experiences, thoughts, traumas, things that they've been through. So I don't want to discredit any of those, but we are talking from our experience. We're talking from the things that we've encountered. I haven't been perfect in my past, so I've done both. I know the way that both go. And so I feel like it's cool for me to be able to be on both sides of the spectrum of, you know, not having waited to now waiting again and see that truly the way that God laid it out, like I trust it with my whole life and my whole heart. And I see the way that that is beneficial. So I just, Hope that instead of, you know, maybe thinking that we're judging you or trying to tell you what to do, just take a moment to just consider this and pray about it and look into God's word and dive deeper into this and discover what this means for yourself. I'm not trying to tell you, do this, don't do that. I just want you to take this, think about it, ponder on it, ask God, God, what do you say? Is there something in my life that I need to be corrected on or worked on? And just wrestle with it for a little bit. And I don't know if you've been hurt by purity culture. I don't know what, you know, what has happened. I know this is such a buzzworthy word now. This is a bigger conversation that everybody likes to talk about and everyone wants to crap on it. And I understand that this was not talked about in the best manner growing up. I didn't get the best conversation of purity in the, in the church growing up and neither from my parents. But now that I'm 29, I've seen the benefits of it. I understand it now. I see why God lays it out like this. I'm like, oh yeah, like that, that makes sense because I've had the chance to wrestle through it, pray through it, experience it. And to be like, yeah, that makes sense. So all I want is for you to not take the baby out with the bathwater, not bash what Christians think, not bash what the church try to do to prevent us from, you know, certain things that may be harmful, but to maybe try to see, okay, the reason why they wanted that for us was good, but the way they went about it was probably bad. It could have been communicated a lot better, a lot clearer. I understand that. And I'm right there with you. And I think that's the point of this podcast is to provide a better conversation, to provide a different way of thinking about it than maybe you've heard before. So I hope this was a blessing. I really, really do. Let us know on the Happy and Healthy podcast or DM me or DM Mikey Planeta what your thoughts were. We'd love to hear that. And thank you guys so much for listening and staying to the end of this episode. If you did share it, if you guys liked it, leave a review if it was beneficial and yeah, I'll see you guys again next Tuesday for another episode of happy and healthy until then stay happy and healthy. Bye y'all.